Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in Xamarin development. It is episode 52. It is February already in the great year of 2018. I am one of your co-hosts, James Montemagno, and with me, as always, the one, the only, the Pierce Bogan. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good, man. How are you? Can't believe it's February already. It's crazy. The Olympics are coming. Are the Olympics coming up? I don't know. The Olympics are coming up. There were Super Bowl ads. Justin Timberlake did the halftime show. I didn't watch any of the football, sports ball stuff, but um, yeah, it's crazy. Was there a game? Uh, maybe I missed it or something. I wasn't aware there was any games on. I believe as I was tweeting, I was tweeting about how I was optimizing a website I was building for mobile while I was inside of a Costco, I wasn't building the app while I was inside of Costco, <laughs> but I was at Costco tweeting about this app that I was building because I was on my phone. And then someone tweeted back to me, like, shouldn't I be, you know, you know, eating nachos and enjoying foosball? But uh, I was not. I This is one of the first years I didn't watch the foosball because my my, my Cleveland Browns <laughs> weren't there. So. Oh, you're never going to be watching football if that's the case. And that's why I don't watch them, you know, and, and people may, people may, may laugh. That's fine. I am from Cleveland originally. So, so go Browns. They're going to win a game one day. One day. Um, one day. Well, have you been, have you been enjoying the, the winter? Is it, is it long lasting winter over there in Bostonia? It's actually been fairly mild. I mean, it's been chilly, but snow has been kept minimal with the exception of that one snowstorm we had mm-hmm. last month. And so I'm, I'm riding it out. It's not too bad. Actually. I'm starting to get used. I'm already, I've been in Boston three years now and I'm starting to get some Boston elements. I mean, when I drive, you can really tell that I've really adopted Boston <laughs> full on, but, um, like I was walking around yesterday, I was in uh, gym shorts and it was 20 some degrees. So I feel like I'm moving towards mm-hmm. being in a Bostonian, even though I've only been here three years. So it's not been too bad. Um, the worst is just when it's windy and it's kind. Of, it's not even the snow. It's when it's, I guess Seattle has it a lot where it's kind of, cold. it's so cold, but it's not cold enough to get snow and it's also windy and it's rainy. That's like the worst combination because then mm-hmm. at least snow for the most part, like I feel like it can mostly stay dry with snow, but the rain and the cold and the wind, it just all is terrible. Um, so as long as we can avoid that, I'm happy. Yeah, I think Seattle, we got hit with a lot of, it's that time of year where it's very gray. It's now coming out, like it's about 50 degrees, 40, high 40, so it's pretty good. We got hit with those weeks where it was windy, misty, and it was, wasn't, so the thing is, it's really bad if it's on the border of 32 degrees and like rainy, because it's not quite snow, it's not quite rain, it doesn't know what it wants to be. I'm okay with 40 and misty, 45 and misty and gray. Um, I prefer just gray or just mist, right? Because th- I guess it's hard to have the gray or the mist without the gray because the clouds are there. But I'd rather it be like warm in gray instead of cold and gray. I don't know. It's really hard as a Seattleite be- to adjust to know what you like anymore because after 200 days of just gray, you're just like, I don't even know what the sun is anymore. So when it comes out, you're just like, basking in the glory of sunlight and you're like oh there it is and then it goes away behind a cloud again and then you're just back to normal so um that's life but you should move here it's it's lovely um it's great um i will say one thing pierce that if you come here Ooh. i have a new office and i saw i think i saw on twitter that you yeah. have all reusable stuff in this new office 
Yes. So this is awesome. So I'm really excited. I'm in building 25, which is actually where we're recording this podcast in China, inside of channel nine, which is where I record the Xamarin show. So it makes sense. I'm here. The .NET team's here. The C Sharp team is here. Some of the Visual Studio team is here. It's very lovely, lovely people in every building. But building 25 is great because not only is it my uh, lucky numbers, my favorite number, 25, born June 25th, right? Great day, great numbers. Um, but I came into the office last week and on my desk was this Mir mug. Mir is a company. They, they do a clean water initiative and a bunch of stuff, but it was this beautiful mug and I had reusable plastic silverware and I had a coupon for $5 off our, our cafe. And the building like over the weekend went completely zero waste, um, at all. Uh, and what I mean by that is they got rid of all disposable items. So if you've ever walked into a Microsoft building, you have like plastic cups, disposable coffee cups. When you go to the cafeterias, there's like plastic containers that you throw away. And, and while Microsoft recycles heavily, right, we recycle and compost and all that stuff, there's still a lot of waste that gets generated. So now none of that exists, like none at all. There's like real coffee mugs, real everything, and you wash stuff and you do this stuff. And uh, I'm really jazzed up by it. I'm, I'm all about it. Less waste is good. Yeah. So it's really cool. And we're the first building on campus to have it. So I'm real excited. That's really cool. I, yeah. I mean, I think about all the, you know, th throwaway disposable coffee cups because you and me love a coffee. So I'll coffee up. Love a coffee. Probably, geez, four or five times a day. It can't be good for my health, but I do it four or, five, four, four or five times a day, and that's four or five different cups I'm using. I'm not reusing the same cup because I'm a terrible person. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the reusing is amazing. But I will say the problem for me, selfishly, is that I am that roommate that you had in college that was terrible about washing dishes. So the problem for me in this scenario is that I'm never washing the reusable mug and it's just disgusting. Yeah, that's bad news. Now, I will say this, though. If you have your own mug, then you're going to need to wash it. But if you just take there's a bunch of just coffee mugs. So instead of getting a paper cup, right, you would get a, a mug. You can just drop it off in a bin and someone else will wash that. Ooh, that's actually really nice. I'd be yeah. all about that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough. That's enough yeah, of that's zero waste. Um, <laughs> yeah. You want to get into the news, Pierce? You want to you want to do this? Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, I'm really excited about some of the cool stuff happening in uh, in the Xamarin space. Um, so this last week, I believe it may have been this week. It was last week. Um, there was a new project uh, that was launched to the Microsoft Store called Ink to Code. So basically, you, you want to build an app um, and you kind of sketch out what that app looks like. You know, maybe you have a text box, maybe you have a button, that sort of thing. And this prototyping thing is basically something we all do when we're building out an app, at least at the very first part of part of it. Um, and really, there's not a great way to take that sketch and turn it into something that I can use. Um, there's some tools like Paint Code, which are really good kind of for more high fidelity stuff, where you have like something you want to draw, and then it'll spit out the actual code that you can use in your project, but there's nothing really for like the layout as a whole. And so there's this cool project called Ink to Code, which is a Microsoft Garage project. So this is made by Microsoft interns who are here for a summer. Um, I think they have 
two months, maybe it may be 10 weeks um, to build this. And uh, this was actually inspired by two of our designers on the designer team. They're like, what if we could take these sketches that you have and turn them into uh, UWP layouts or uh, Android XML layouts or Android XML layouts, sorry. Um, and so basically that's what they did. So they built a nice little app, um, a UWP app, and you can actually go in and you can um, sketch out basically the design of your application and say, you know, I'm gonna have a text box here, I'm gonna have a button here, I'm gonna have a label here. And you can actually do all this, you know, if you have a touch screen enabled uh, device, you can just draw it like you would on a piece of paper. Um, and then it's gonna spit out either a UWP or Android XML layout. So it's really, really nifty. And the Android, excuse me, the uh, Microsoft Garage interns did this in 10 weeks. So it's amazing. And you can, as I said, you can export it to Android or UWP and it's right there. So like if you're, familiarizing yourself with the controls uh, and you don't really know too much about, you know, what what all the control names are in Android and that sort of thing, or maybe you just want to build out a, pr a quick proof of concept, like from a UI perspective, this is a great way to get started. And it's pretty amazing um, and inspiring to see what a group, a small group of interns can do in 10 weeks. Um, I'm amazed by this. Yeah, project. it's pretty, it's pretty rad. It's pretty rad. I downloaded it on my Surface Book and played around with it and, and exported some Android XML here and there, which is really cool. I'm excited when they add Xamarin Form XAML because that seems like a very natural progression um, into it. Um, and even with the controls that are there, there's not tons, but there's enough for you to you know really build out like a very you know um, few few page application. And the fact that you could draw your idea because I'm often drawing on pieces of paper or drawing in a sketchbook and then just draw it in this design surface and say like, oh, I, like go and make this and like import it really quick. I think that's really exciting. So I'm excited to see where this goes and and, and kind of the next steps in it for sure. Sweet. Um, and then I also am very excited about something else um, happening in Xamarin land, which has been kind of something that has been a hot request um, for quite some time. Um, so I'm really excited to say that as of 15.6 previews, you can now wirelessly deploy um, Xamarin mobile apps uh, to your iPhone, wirelessly deploy and debug. It's freaking amazing, no cables required. After a one-time setup, you're all good to go. And this works on Visual Studio for Mac and Visual Studio on Windows. So it's amazing for Visual Studio on Windows developers, yeah. It's amaz amazing for Visual Studio on Windows developers because they can actually after you do that one-time setup, I, I know uh, I know a lot of developers want to just be able to work on their um, on their Windows machine. They want to just have the Windows machine at their desk, and that's where they work, and that's their primary dev environment. And having all these cables and stuff to the Mac build host is is very you know tedious to be honest. And now I mean you can just have the phone at your desk, and as long as it's paired with the Mac and set up correctly, like that one-time setup that I mentioned that we'll link in the blog post. It all works. It'll show as a deploy target in the dropdown. You just click it, it'll deploy, and you can debug on that device. Um, so I think that's a pretty major improvement to productivity for iOS developers, both on Visual Studio for Mac and Visual Studio. Yeah, that's really cool. Now, I will say on this, you know, this is a feature that um, Apple started off with with Xcode 9. So it's actually tied to that. And what you'll do is you'll essentially go in and pair your device, uh, I'll say connect via network. Um, and you'll pair your device there first. You only have to do that once. You have to like be plugged in. You have to like grant it kind of permission to go through it. And then after that, essentially, it's it's good to go, from my understanding. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, I mean, this is also really exciting when you remember back in, for Windows developers, back in 15.5, uh, which is currently unstable for Visual Studio, we also made the remoted iOS simulator. 
available to all editions of Visual Studio, including the free community edition. So between 15.5 and 6, if you're an iOS developer using Windows, things just got a lot better for you. I mean, you got the remote iOS sim, and now you have this awesome wireless deploy feature. So really excited about that. Um, I think that's going to be really awesome for our developers. So please give that a try and give us your feedback, because like I said, it's still in preview. Absolutely. And talking about updates for for developers, um, you know, that impact everyone, because the nice thing is no matter how you're developing iOS apps, you know, that's going to be nifty. And on the flip side of things, you know, me, Android land, um, a lot of things are happening over there with our emulators um, for both PC uh, and Mac. Um, specifically, we talked uh, last podcast about the, the new preview of the Xamarin Android Device Manager. And Nina wrote up a great blog post on a first look. There's been an update since then to the actual device manager. Um, and what this actually is pairing with is a series of new tools that we developed uh, for Android. You know, with Android, the SDK for 26, the build tools, Google had removed or deprecated essentially all of the old SDK and device manager stuff. So we've been building, or entirely building a great experience for both Mac and PC. Um, and the SDK manager is now included out of the box on both VS for Mac and Visual Studio 2017. And paired with that is going to be this new Android device manager. So when you click on that button, it'll come up. Um, and I believe in the new preview of uh, 15.6 that it's automatically on by um, default on there. So like when you click it and have it installed, it'll launch and it'll ship in the box eventually there. And that's really exciting because a lot of developers are integrating the newest features and installing the latest updates. And you need the new device manager to do that. But what's nice about it is once you update all this stuff, and I did a Xamarin show on it, there's a lot of, there's two great things that you can do, which is when you use the new device manager along with the latest Android x86 Intel uh, emulator for both Mac and PC, this will enable the quick boot option in the Android emulator, which means that your emulator, I trick you not, will start in under one second. It's the fastest thing ever. It's amazing. And what they do is they snapshot the entire state of the device and then relaunch it up. So like when you go to shut it down, it'll take a few seconds to snapshot everything. And then it boots up really, really quick um, using the latest Intel hacks and stuff. It's really, really nice. Um, there's also a great blog post. So you can learn about all the details and make sure you have all the bits and everything configured there. But on top of that, Pierce, there's more that you can do now because with these new Android emulators images, um, you can install Google Play to these Android emulators. Um, so that means a few things. You may be saying, well, James, could, didn't I already have these Google Play services on there? And yes and no. Essentially, what Google used to do is they would snapshot the image of a certain version of Google Play services. You'd have like maps and a few things, but you never had the Google Play store and all of the services around it. So these images are a little bit more sandbox, so you can't do rooting or things like that. So they're an environment, but this means that you can actually install apps from the app store. So if you were testing what how your app was interacting with other apps or you needed to ensure that you're using the latest versions of Google Play services with your apps, this means that your emulators are essentially Android devices, like for realsies this time. Um, and you have access to all that stuff. So again, there's another great blog post on this. So three things, new, well, four things, new SDK manager, new Android um, device manager, which is going to enable quick boot and Google play all up on your Android emulators for Mac and PC. Um, I'm using them um, on a daily basis. I really like them. 
Yeah, those things are, I mean, especially the Android quick boot thing, that saves, the amount of time that saves in your day is ridiculous. I'm all about it. Because even with the accelerated ones, I mean, I think the initial launch of the emulator doesn't take so long, but like to get it to a point where I can actually deploy to it, maybe even with like the x86 emulator still may take quite a while. So, I mean, this is crazy. There's like a gif in the blog post and it's crazy because like, it boots up so quick. You're like, all right, they cut they, they cut some stuff out of this because it looks like something tricky is going on here. Like they cut some time out of the GIF, but no, like it's all, I'm all about the quick boot. I think that's going to make developers' lives a lot easier. All about the productivity. It seems like that's that's a theme that we have through this podcast so far, being productive about prototyping, about deployment, about, um, yeah, deployment to whether it's a device or an emulator, just making that super productive. And speaking, James, is how you do a professional transition of being productive. Xamarin Forms, it's amazing, um, and it just got better. Um, and David Orton now, who is our PM for Xamarin Forms, has written an amazing blog post on Resource Dictionary and kind of the improvements that have been going into that and what that means for developers. So Resource Dictionary may seem like something, <laughs> something that's kind of boring, but it's something we all, when we're building apps, we have all these resources. And what I mean by that is we have maybe in your... Uh, in your content pages or in your app at the application level, we define these resource dictionaries, and they have you know these values that we use throughout our app. So generally, for me, this mostly means styling, styling my controls. Um, a lot of times, this is on a app basis um, because I want the style to be consistent throughout. But sometimes it's on a page basis. And so basically, the way that we did this in the past was that we had to basically throw everything into the XAML file for the page or for the app. There's a, a kind of a workaround with something called merge with, but realistically for most developers, there's no real way to kind of define your resource dictionary in another place and bring it into um, into one of those pages. So it just gets nasty. You have all this, um, all these XAML styles that you've essentially defined and they're all in this one place and it's really difficult to manage them. You can't group them very easily. Um, it's kind of a, a management nightmare. Um, and so... Thanks to our Microsoft MVP, Adam Pedley, um, who put in a proposal and did the initial pull request for this support. Uh, Xamarin Forms now has support for merged dictionaries, which is really amazing. So basically what you can do is within inside of a resource dictionary, there's a resource dictionary dictionaries property, and you can go in and define all the dictionaries you want to use. And there's some other improvements to this as well, which are really, really nice. So one thing that I never, have to be honest, I never really quite figured out how to do was, what if I could just define a resource dictionary in a XAML file and pull it in and use that in my app.xaml or my, you know, my pages? Um, I never could figure out how that worked. Because it didn't work. Um, you had to define a backing CS class, but now in the new nightly builds of Xamarin Forms, you can actually go ahead and you can say, you know what, just here's a XAML file. It's a resource dictionary, define some values. No need for the backing CS class. And you can just reference, because of merge dictionaries, you can just reference that in one of the other places and merge it in. That's really, really nice. Yeah, and then one of the other things that I really like is Again, styling, there's a lot of properties and things we're setting. There's different levels of nesting. It gets very, very tricky to do um, to do some things, um, be, being quite honest. Um, just gets very verbose with XAML sometimes. And so one thing that I really appreciated that the team did is they said, okay, well, how can we actually simplify this syntax and make it not so verbose um, so that it's still clear exactly what we're doing without being overwhelming? And so they actually have tightened up the syntax for working with resource dictionaries quite a bit and styling in general. And I think 
that's one. This is one of those things that's not like super sexy as a feature, but it's one of those things day to day as a developer managing these things, managing the styles, managing these resource dictionaries for a larger app can get very time consuming. And this actually makes it really simple. And I need to go do some refactoring and refactor like my, you know, my ridiculously large app.xaml uh, resource dictionary that I have into all these different classes so that I can actually define like a colors resource dictionary. And this is my, my the colors that I'm going to use throughout my application. Like you can do stuff like that. And I think that those sorts of things are really useful on a day-to-day basis as a forms developer and the things that you don't really think about that much. Yeah, I would say that what's interesting about this is I never really liked putting all my stuff in the app.xaml because it felt kind of dirty because it was like, I'm just going to shove everything in here and then also those all have to get loaded on startup too. And then if I'm using the live player, like when you're doing live run, it's not going to load your app.xaml. But what's cool about this is you know, it kind of reminds me of doing Android resources and and then people are like, oh, that sounds scary about their values because I used to have a colors folder and a themes folder and an integer and array and things like that. So it really reminds me of, oh, when I need to go look for my colors, guess where they are? They're in the colors folder and you could just put it in a colors.xaml and then merge with it and things like that. So it's really seems like a really cool nifty thing to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I would say, you know, we're always always working more with the community peers, and I think that there's uh, some cool stuff over in the JIT hubs. That's right. So we have been working with the Xamarin.Forms community to essentially make you more productive in Xamarin.Forms. So a lot of us are familiar with custom renders and how, honestly, for some things we feel like we shouldn't have to write custom renders for, we end up having to do it, like underlining things, different controls even, those sorts of things. There's nice little tweaks that, like, you're like, oh, I really shouldn't have to do an effect or a custom render or something like that for this. Um, so we've worked with the community. We're trying to clean up all those paper cuts that you might have when using forms um, to create this thing called F100. Not a huge fan of the name, but basically it's um, it's a whole bunch of GitHub issues that I will link in the show notes. Um, and they're basically different things that we think are based off community feedback um, our developers want. And these there's a specific query for things that are open for community that we th- feel like you know the community can pop in and contribute because the community, I mean, like we just said, the merge dictionary work was all done, was mostly done by a community member, um, which is amazing. So we have all these other things. We have some that are being worked on by the Xamarin Forms team, some that are being worked on by the community. But it's basically a list of 100 different improvements to Xamarin Forms, whether they're you know, like I said, small tweaks to existing controls or. Uh, changing controls entirely, that sort of thing. Um, there's a whole bunch of different issues that you can go in, you can take a look at, and even some of these are fairly straightforward and could be done pretty simply. So if you're interested in contributing to Xamarin Forms, this is a great place to start. And uh, it's a concrete way that you can make Xamarin Forms better today. So I definitely re- recommend checking that out. Even if you don't feel comfortable submitting a PR for one of these, maybe try out someone else's PR, test it, uh, bang on it, use it in your app, see how it works. Um, those sorts of things are all super, super helpful. And of course, if you have any other things that you feel like um, should be addressed by this list, you should be sending, it'd be great if you could send that feedback into us as well um, so that we can schedule that in for a community sprint as well. So very exciting. Very exciting with all the all the things happening with the community in Xamarin Forms. It's been really awesome to see all the work that's happening there 
both on like, you know, filing issues, submitting PRs, and now with this F100 effort, I'm really excited to see all the work that's happening there. Yeah, I'm really, I, I always like to peek in in the Xamarin Forms GitHub repo just to kind of see what people are posting, what people are running into, and just see, you know, what ideas have been out there because see if they're, they're the same ideas that I think or, you know, see if there's already things that exist that can be kind of merged in there, right? And I think it'll be pretty cool once a little bit more here and there are done. But I'll round it out, Pierce, of the news with uh, a few things. Um, I wrote some pretty pretty interesting blog posts um, uh, a few months ago, but then also last week, essentially, because I had someone in the community reach out and they said, hey, I, I'm following your your blog and here and there, and um, it looks like you know I'm setting up an iOS application in Visual Studio Team Services using the new hosted Macs, and for some reason, it won't build. It won't build. It won't build. I'm like, oh, that's, that's interesting. And what I found out is that um, there are some certain settings that need to be done when setting up iOS or Android with .NET Standard, um, specifically like the version of NuGet that you're using, and to ensure that you're using MS Build um, when building your iOS applications, which is the default in Visual Studio for Mac. So. I wrote a brand new blog post on building Xamarin Android apps in Visual Studio Team Services uh, in hosted agents, both Mac and PC for Android. And I did another blog post and updated it to how to build those iOS applications with .NET Standard stuff over in the hosted agents over there. And um, some people who are using App Center may not have ran into this because those images are carefully crafted for each developer workflow. Um, so they're using only very specific tools where Visual Studio Team Services offers a very wide suite of different things that are installed and then the tasks are more fine-grained control. So for instance, in the if you're using the hosted PC for Android, you gotta make sure you select the right JDK version of um, you know, JDK 8. So make sure you have the right version selected over there. And like I said, for iOS, make sure that you select Visual Studio for Mac, you know, and just make sure that those are set up correctly. And that's really important because I've been doing a lot of VSTS work and so has uh, Prashant on our team who's been working on unit testing a lot of the plugins for Xamarin and Based on a lot of the work that he did, he said it's um, you know it's pretty easy to not only build these plugins inside of Visual Studio Team Service, but also to write unit tests and run them inside of the emulator. So he wrote a pretty cool blog post on iOS doing. He's going to do one for Android too, but essentially how to set up running your nUnit based tests inside of the iOS simulator on a hosted machine, which is crazy, or on your own machine that you have set up. So there's some command line tools that will essentially run your test runner application inside of an iOS simulator that you specify. And then you can get those test results back inside of Visual Studio Team Services, which is pretty cool. So we're doing this on a bunch of our plugins already. Um, and it's a really cool little guide. It actually doesn't take very much work. So if you're doing this type of complex you know, library creation or even app development, it's totally worth checking out that blog post. Yeah, for sure. All about all about the testings. And honestly, I feel kind of silly, but I learned a lot of things even as a Xamarin developer for, uh, I guess it's been six years now, um, reading that blog post about testing iOS apps. So really excited about that. Um, what you got for us for new releases, Pierce? Anything fancy schmancy? Um, so we've been nothing too fancy smancy. We're working on uh, improving quality. Um, so we right now are in stable, you know, me and James love the versions. 
We got Visual Studio version 15.5 is currently in stable. Um, and so we've, and since the last podcast, we've released a few service releases on top of that, a few fixes, I believe for Android mono, I think a designer fix as well. Um, so we've been working on stabilizing those 15.5 releases. Um, and then also right now in preview again, on visual studio on windows, you can actually preview, um, bits alongside the stable bits. They're completely sandboxed. So you're not going to mess up your, uh, stable environment. So it's worth giving it a try. Um, we have a whole bunch of awesome stuff, which we talked about last podcast. We mentioned the um, wireless deploy to the iPhone device feature that is in 15.6 previews for Visual Studio for Mac and Visual Studio. Um, so a lot of cool things in Visual Studio previews right now. So worth giving those a try as well. Um, we're getting later in the preview cycle. So, you know, feedback is really, really useful. Um, and we've already gotten some. So really excited about that. And I think that's it from a release standpoint. Awesome. All right. To round it out, I'm going to do a little pick of the week. I did a blog post on this just the other day. I think I might have mentioned it on here, but a few of our local Microsoft um, and Xamarin's built a really cool tool called quicktype.io. And the idea is to essentially take all of that nasty JSON and convert it into any type of code that you could possibly want. And if people have used maybe the old JSON to C-sharp.com, this is the evolution of it. But what's cool about QuickType is that it will convert it into all sorts of different languages. So not only C-sharp, but also TypeScript, Swift, Objective-C, Java, Elm, a bunch of other cool things. And what's nice is that it's also updated and integrated with some of the cool um, JSON.net um, enhancements. So like JSON properties, and they also automatically do some scaffolding for partial classes to do like from JSON and to JSON. It's really nice. And I want to do a shout out in this blog post that I did another one on is that they just released their first um, extension for Visual Studio 2017 um, that allows you to simply go edit, paste JSON as code into a class, and it'll take the class name and do everything for you automatically. And I And I do in this blog post, I do a video, but what I do is I do a side-by-side because there is a feature similar to this built in, but theirs is just so much better because it does like a bunch of other stuff too. So I do a side-by-side comparison of what the default um, one that Visual Studio does and what theirs does. And it's completely free. Like everything that they do is completely free. It's not sponsored content at all. I just love these tools and there's awesome devs that are working on it, but you can go and grab it. They also have command line tools, a VS Code extension, um, and it's kind of uh, going everywhere. So it's pretty rad. Um, so definitely go take a look at that. And Pierce, I heard that you have an awesome pick of the week for us. <laughs> uh, no pick of the week for me this week. I wanted your pick. Your pick of the week was so awesome that I wanted it to stand on its own. Um, there you go. It actually is. I mean, it is, seriously, it is awesome. Every app I build uses JSON. So anything to make that process simpler, I'm all about all about that so yeah. that's really it's really cool too that it's made by people we know i mean it's always fun when you just use a tool and it's delightful but it's even cooler when you're like wow i know the people who made this so selfishly that's that's also yeah. really cool as well <laughs> exactly all right pierce i think that's going to do it thanks for uh, running down the news and for that awesome pick <laughs> from pierce um we'll just say that that was our, pick, our pick of the, of the week, week. Um, it's a joint pick yes Exactly. All right. Well, um, where can people find you, Pierce? People can find me on Twitters at Pierce Bogan. I also have a blog that I've set up that I will eventually write a post for called piercebogan.blog. Makes sense. My name, .blog. Um, <laughs> and those are probably the two best ways to get in touch. Nice. 
People can find me all over the internet everywhere um, uh, at James Montemagno on Twitter and on GitHub. Uh, it's the easiest way to find me. You can also see my blog post there. You can see the podcast that I do. Uh, if you like podcasts because you're listening to a podcast, you can also listen to my other podcast, which uh, Pierce will put a link in the show notes, which is Merge Conflict that I do with our uh, good friend and Microsoft MVP, Frank Kruger, who is a genius, a mastermind of all That's things. True. He's amazing. Yep. We're up to like 82, 83 episodes at this point, but you can hop in at any time. Um, we have some awesome episodes upcoming, so check that out at mergeconflict.fm. And also the Xamarin Show over at xamarinshow.com. That's a weekly video show I do here at Microsoft on Channel 9. So definitely check that out. And we're on YouTube now. Um, so Channel 9 has a YouTube account. And you can subscribe and get all of the latest awesome Channel 9 stuff here at Microsoft all up in your YouTube feed. Amazing. Love you guys. Talk to you later. All right. Love you too, buddy. Bye-bye.